Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I just got off a really fun interview with Sarah Shaw, and we dove into uh, how to get in front of celebrities, and we dove into a very interesting entrepreneurial journey that she's had um, in a bunch of different businesses. But if you haven't listened to that yet, please go back and listen to it. Uh, it's a very good listen. Uh, but this is the High Impact Series where we're going to ask the one question, and... Uh, <laughs> We are going to try to find something for you to have a money talk with your kids today. Take action. Take the headphones off. Take the earbuds out. Break down the taboo in your household of not talking about money, entrepreneurship, successful mindsets. This will do two things. It's going to do one, it's going to strengthen your relationship with your kids. And so down the road, when they have bigger and bigger challenges and money talks need to be had, they know that they can come to you. You're the parent. You're the one that always looks out for them. They also, the second thing it's going to do is it's going to change their financial trajectory because they have, they're money rich right now and not money rich, they're time rich. And so when we have little impacts with our kids, they have massive ramifications on the other side. And so this is our opportunity to do that and learn from Sarah. So with that, Sarah, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the big question, right? What is the one thing that you would teach about that our schools don't that's had a major impact on your life? So growing up, my parents did talk to us about money. And we, I mean, my first, I had steady babysitting gig starting at 11. And uh, I always feel like I've had a job since I was 11. And, you know, my brothers both like built bicycles and started doing things like that <clears throat> when they were about eight or nine. And my parents were entrepreneurs and I'm fourth generation entrepreneur. <laughs> and, and one of the things that my dad always instilled in us and my actually in my mother's mother as well, took me to open my first bank account when I was six or seven, when we moved to California, Bank of America. And, um, and I remember when she would come, she would always get, she'd come visit us once a year and she would give me $25. And, you know, in the seventies, $25 was kind of a lot of money. And my kids would still think it's a lot of money now, actually. Yeah, right <laughs> and, <much. laughs> and so she would take me to the bank and we would put it in there together. And it was not money that I was allowed to go like take out and buy candy or something with, like we had to work get allowance or um, which we had to work for or have a job or something to, to go buy little things for ourselves. And so I was taught at a very young age to start saving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I, I wish that my, my grandmother did that with me, but my parents never encouraged me to go put money into that bank account. So that was literally like, mine and my grandma's bank account. Like she was the only one who really paid attention. Right. And I had my little bank book and, you know, it was so special. Like every time you go, they write it and they don't even have those anymore, which I think is terrible. And, um, and so we I almost don't have kids, banks anymore though. So. Well, I know, but, but for kids, like having that bank yeah. book, I think is, They're it's a tangible moment when you go, right. Like I took my kids to the bank um, my mom gave them $25 to open their bank account when they were six. And cause we had talked about it and she was like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing. And so we went to the bank, she mailed them a check and we went to the bank and I was like, oh, can we have a bank book? And they're like, mm, we don't have those anymore. I was like, that's a disgrace. <laughs> and my kids were so disappointed because they had heard me talk about how 
writing in my bank book and the lady would write and it was always different handwritings and it had the total and all this stuff. And obviously, yes, you can go online and look at your bank account, but it's just not the same as having your own thing. Yeah. Right? That's and, like we, we give our kids cash so that they can feel it and they have jars that they use. You know, okay. so that, yeah. But it's the same thing, but because it's not, I mean, otherwise it's like, like you were talking about with the credit card, like it's, right, it's imaginary. Virtual. Yeah, it's yeah exactly. And, and so then, um, so I always wished as an adult that my dad or my mother would have explained to me the importance of saving. Yeah. I knew the importance of money to buy things, but I never yeah. knew about the importance of money to save like for my future or what the importance of money was other than just to go buy fun things like candy or. So, so how would doll. you explain that? So how would you explain that importance? So I feel like you, uh, people need to understand, like you were telling me you retired before you were 40, right? If you had started saving when you were nine or 10 or 11 or 12 for that, right? It would have been different than you deciding in your 30s, I've messed up so many things. I got to redo this. I'm going to redo that. I don't have any money. I might go bankrupt. Who knows where I'm sleeping tomorrow, right? Yep, all and, the things. <laughs> you know, right. And then, so, so I feel like just having a job is, is just about, if it's just about making money just to be able to, oh, I got that, right? And just like, you know, oh, I bought the new phone or I bought, you know, I just bought some new technology thing or a new computer. And it's just to have personal possessions. I don't think that that instills in kids a, a, a mentality of growing their future, right? And I always wished that my parents had done that for me because I, I don't think I started an IRA or anything until I was probably 30. And, you know, and there were, I started when I was in, worked in film, there was this older guy who was, a, who was buying stocks all the time. And he's always looking at the stock paper. And sometimes I would sit near him. And when we're, you know, hours of waiting for things sometimes got really boring. So he started to teach me about the stock market and he was, you know, I didn't know anything about it. And so I decided I was going to buy some Starbucks because he was like telling me that Starbucks was going to be a big stock. So I invested a measly $500 and I told my dad about it and he got mad at me. Were you, well, like, were you like terrified with your five? I was terrified uh, yeah, to part like, with my yeah. $500, right? <laughs> yep. and, and so, cause I was saving for a house. And yeah. so at that point, I, someone had taught me again, somebody else, not my parents had said, put half your paycheck away. You can live on half your paycheck, like one paycheck a month. Cause we got to paid every two weeks. You should be able to live on one paycheck and put the other one in the bank. And I was like, Oh God, really? You know? And he's like, well, if you want to buy a house or you want to buy clothes, you decide. Right. And I was like, Oh, so in four years, I saved enough money to put 40,000 down on a house. And I was so proud of myself to bought my first house at 29. So on my 29th birthday Nice. <laughs> and, um, so, but I was terrified to spend this money on the, on Starbucks, because to me, it was like, I may as well have been putting it into the ether because it didn't mean anything to me. I couldn't see it in a bank account. I couldn't, you know, I didn't have a card, right? I had a little stock certificate after I bought it, right? At TD Waterhouse or something. And 
so, oh, but over the years I did extremely well with it. But when I told my dad that I had bought this, he immediately was like, that was the dumbest thing you ever did. You know, you should have bought like, you know, some blue chip stock or something. And I was like, you know what? One day you told me if I thought about investing in stocks to buy things that I believed in. And I said, yeah. and I go to Starbucks. It's this, it was, had kind of just come out then. Yeah. And it was, you know, kind of newfangled and whatever. I thought it was cool. And he was like, oh, you know, I did tell you that. And I said, so let's just wait and see. It's only $500, whatever. It's not going to change my life, you know, and it grew enormously. And then yeah, I, I hope you still have those. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I do still have my Apple. There so I go. did that, you know, so then I was, you know, cleaning house one day with my, I'd been like learning how to grow stocks and do th investments and things like that. And I would talk to my dad about it at that point. Cause I wasn't in the film business anymore and didn't talk to this guy who I used to sit to next to a lot. And my dad told me that he didn't actually start saving money for his retirement till he was 45. He just like, I never thought about it. So it sort of dinged from, it was like an aha moment for me. Yeah. Well, of course he didn't, he never thought about it. He just made money. We lived on it. Maybe he put a little in savings or whatever, but he never thought about his future until he was 45 years old. And then I think he woke up one day and was like, holy cow, I haven't thought about my retirement at all. And I do want to retire one day or partly retire or something, right? Or I'm going to be getting social security at 65 or 70, whatever the year was back then. And, you know, he's just said, it never occurred to me. And I was like, wow, it never occurred to him until he was 45 years old. And I, you know, I don't remember how old I was. I think my dad must have been at least 35 or 40 years older than me because <laughs> I was from the second marriage. And, um, and so listening to him tell me that I was like, wow, it's not going to happen to me. Yeah. You know, like I got to think about this way. And he was very, at that point, we need to think about your retirement too. Yeah. And so, you know, I was, like I said, I was probably close to 30 when I got my first IRA and was taught how to, you know, put the money in there and how much you could, obviously now you can put in much more than you could back then. I think it was like $3,000 or something, but, um, and, and so I've been very conscientious of that. And then the other, a couple of weeks ago, a neighbor walked by and I asked him how his kid's summer was going. He has twin boys a year older than mine. And he's like, oh yeah, they finally, you know, they're 14 and in Colorado, you can actually work at 14. So they got jobs this summer. And he's like, yep, we opened up their IRA. And I was explaining to them that if they put $6,000 a year in there, which is the minimum or the max that by the time they're 65, it'll be worth almost 10 million. And I was like, holy cow. I was like, that's not what's happening in mine. <laughs> 40 bucks said, a month for a 16 year old by the time they're 76 is almost $2 million, $10 a week. Right. Okay. So 6,000 a year. 6, a year. He, they'll, they'll, they'll be probably way more than 10 million bucks. To be well, like he said It'll at be, minimum. Yeah, right? no, yeah. He, As I say, yeah. if you, you start playing on the calculator, it's insane because yeah. they have so much compounding time. Exactly. When you were, we were talking earlier off, camera and you were saying that you had learned about compound interest I was like oh yeah well this you know <laughs> and so I think that uh, you know you can start an IRA for kids the day they're born a custodial IRA right and you can you can put them you know as soon as they can talk <laughs> they can work for you yeah. <laughs> and um and so I think instilling in kids right the maybe they want to, they have a job and maybe they put half of what they earn in their spending fund, right? And half they put in their IRA um, and, and teaching them how to think about their future 
And, you know, if you, uh, you know, cause when you're 65, right, they start making you take the minimum out of your IRA and uh, whether you're retired or not. And, and so if you have whatever, five, 10, 15, $20 million in there, you know, that's something that you can live the kind of life you want to live. Maybe you don't need that much money and you end up leaving a legacy for your kids or your grandkids or, you know, however you decide to do that. But it was really exciting to talk to my children about that and have them like, wow, I could do that for myself, you know, and, and thinking, you know, wow, they'll be 14 in January. They can legally have a job here, right? They could go get a two, one day after school and one day on the weekend or something, you know, and there's so many jobs available (laughs) right now in the world. It's unbelievable. And, you know, there's, you see like, you know, even at the burger joint, it's like starting pay $13 an hour. I mean, I would have died when I was 13, to be $13 <laughs> an hour, <laughs> you know? And, and so I think that, you know, learning, learn, being, being aware of money and what it yeah. can do for you when you're little in, in your current life, right? Cause every kid wants to be able to buy themselves a comic book or whatever the equivalent is, right? And, um, and, and then thinking about how you can control your future and looking at, you know, being able to go online and look at how, how much money did I make this month? Right. And, and thinking, you know, oh, well, I'm going to put this money in here and then it's in your IRA and you can buy stocks or bonds or, you know, in Vanguard or whatever you want to do with it. Right. And you can have somebody who's helping you learn how to play the stock market, how, you know, what's a good buy, uh, when do you sell it, right? And you're not paying taxes on it because it's in your IRA. So it's kind of- There's a lot of conversations to be sparked out of that. Exactly, you know, and, and, and making good choices and being open to talking to adults about that. Cause I yeah. think so many people think money's dirty, right? And, and it's such a taboo. And I mean, I have tons of friends who were like, oh my God, we got our 50 cents allowance or whatever, right? And we never talked about money. Like I never <laughs> knew if my parents had one penny or 1 million, right? Yeah. And, you know, my parents, and the, luckily, the, the tragedy though, is that it, it's destined to repeat itself. And it's a story exactly. that you just told my dad never talked about his retirement. And so I didn't know that I should be saving money. So I then you had to figure was. it out. Yeah, right. exactly. And yeah. so, but the thing is, is we have the ability to shift that conversation and that's really what money talkers is. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. that's, that was my idea was we need to be having conversations. I don't need to be, you don't need to be a genius. You don't need to be a financial, you don't need to go to business school to learn how to be a business person. Right. And so to, to, to take that action and take that step is so important. And I think that with kids, I think what having that savings that you're talking about, what it really does, it allows them the freedom to make good choices. Right. We make bad choices out of desperation a lot of times. Right. And so (laughs) when you have that backing there, you have the ability to make better choices, but you know, and then, and that you're, it ultimately leads to better lives, Mm -hmm. right. Having the freedom to say no to something because you don't have to, because I've been a steward of my money and I have cash. Like I don't have to do things I don't want to do, but you also get more opportunities that way. Yes. Right. You attract, Mm -hmm. you attract better opportunities in, in, in places by having that conversation. And so, um, I think that's a really good conversation to have, um, as far as like 
it probably is one of those things that like people just think like, oh yeah, you should probably talk to your kids about saving money. But like, no, like actually talk to them about saving money because it's one of those things. It's kind of like what you talked about earlier, like chasing an A-lister might be really hard, but because nobody does it. So like having the conversation of just saving half of the money you bring in or a third of the money you bring in and what it does for you, people aren't having that conversation because they just assume you should know you should save money. Right. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, Sarah, I want to thank you for coming on Money Talkers with me. Um, I, I think that's a, you know, like it's almost like it's hiding in plain sight type of conversation. Right. And, uh, and, and I think it's really important. Um, and it can spark a lot of other things to their fun conversation stocks. And if you don't know about how to, how it works, best thing you can do is go learn it with your kids. Exactly. <laughs> right. Totally. See, that, they'll even love that even more. And so, um, I want to say thank you very much for coming on uh, Money Talkers with me. Um, and uh, who, who should come and find you and where do they find you at? Uh, so I work with product-based designers, mostly in fashion, accessories, lifestyle, baby products. And I love to help you, talk to you, help you get your products into stores, magazines, work with celebrities and influencers. And you can find me at sarahshawconsulting.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on with Millennial Talkers with me. If you're listening to this right now, now's your opportunity. Take your headphones off, take your earbuds out, have that conversation with your kids and just, you know, if it's at the dinner table, if it's on the couch, watching TV, whatever it is, but at least start those conversations so that your household becomes a money talker household, that you don't have these taboos built up and they're not destined to repeat the failures that we've had in our lives, that they can learn from us and grow. And that later in life, that you'll have, be able to have that relationship and have those talks where it's okay to talk about things because when we do that, we all get better. And so thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate it. Thanks, Cody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids' financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.